This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It's a pleasure to have you here, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and I hope you guys are the same. Yeah, absolutely. I, I As I said earlier, I can already tell this is going to be a good one. I know a lot of shows try to like go that route, but no, you say it's a good one when you already had so much fun before you even hit record. And uh, one of the great things about what we have here with having you on is that you are a 35 plus year serial entrepreneur. So yes, there's sir. a lot to pull in from that. And those last seven years, you've been a business consultant in the private sector, uh, the diverse supplier diversity space. And yes. so- I want to go into that, but before we do, we've got a tradition around here, a little hazing as we get things started. And that is, <laughs> do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs or business owners? Actually, well, probably my father, my grandfather on my mom's side had his own business in a small general store in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota, but that's pretty much it. Okay. So I don't know where I got it from. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you understood the question. Sometimes uh, some people will respond and they'll say things like, oh, I don't know. Almost like we were asking them to come up with, do you have any business background? Whatsoever? No, it's almost cooler either way. Like it's just, it can always be different. But so sure. you actually got the bug from somewhere then. Uh, I'm not sure if that they told you that growing up and you were like, oh, I'd like to own my own store someday. That, that wasn't the story, was it? <laughs> it wasn't actually. It's one of those accidental things. So I served in the army as a military police. Police, military police investigations. The grand plan was law enforcement. So I got out, got my bachelor's degree in law enforcement. So as I was finishing my degree, going to school during the day, bartending at night, looking for cop jobs, I wound up answering an ad for two brothers who were starting a private investigative agency. And they wound up hiring me. And one of the, the brothers was an army guy. So that got me out of law enforcement and into a, the serial entrepreneur. So had I not gotten that call, before the, the cop job, I'd be a retired, divorced, alcoholic cop by now. <laughs> what? <laughs> you went there. Yeah. yeah, I did go there. And I'm glad I didn't go, especially nowadays. That's a tough, tough career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. And what an interesting route. I personally have never heard of that being the way someone saw their opportunity from, you know, being in the line of duty, how that can tra uh, transition over to that. I mean, the skills definitely carry over. That's for sure. And I've got a few friends in New York, actually, who started a private investigation firm uh, at the corporate level. So I think it's really cool to hear how you got there and how important that call was because timing is definitely an important factor in business, right? An important factor in the success of an individual's professional aspirations. So what I want to know is, so you got this call because you were looking 
and it took you to where you are today. But I imagine right. that isn't the whole story, right? Because you're you're now in a different space as opposed to private investigation. So Correct. what what sort of what took place there is what I'm trying to get at. So the PI firm was set up to do work comp surveillance. And so it's, you know, insurance companies hire you because somebody's been injured. They don't quite believe that they're as injured as they are. So they hire people to follow them around, surveil them and videotape them doing things they're not supposed to. I did that for about a year and sitting in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, 30 below in a van going, what the heck am I doing? You know, I spent three plus years in the military as a cop. I got my bachelor's degree. Now I'm sitting in a van freezing my butt off. So I was actually going to leave. And at the time, the two brothers parted ways and the brother who had the private investigator license was leaving. So the business was going to go out of business. So the other brother, the money brother said, can you stay around until you get a replacement? I know you want to leave. So that put me in a position to be running the company and not doing the surveillance. And that really struck a chord to say, this gives me the chance to run a business and not sit out in the van. So that's that's what got me into business and running a business. And that started from there. And then we expanded into doing background checks for nuclear power uh, utilities, extensive background checks. We started doing credit reporting for mortgage. So it really morphed into different businesses as you grow involved. And I really liked the ability to do everything. As an entrepreneur, you're doing everything from wiring computer cables to sales calls to proposals to everything. So it was a great use of a lot of skills. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. And I discovered that seeing a problem and creating a business around it was something that I that really uh, does a lot for me. That's what I like to do. So I'm up to at least 15 different businesses just for that reason, including the current ones I'm in. I saw a need. I said there could be a business around it. So you you do it. Man, you are speaking Jason's language all day right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and you look at it and say, it's a tough journey. You know, if somebody tells me they want to start a business, I'm going to have a serious conversation because it's very hard to do. Uh, you may be good at whatever the business of your business is, but if you've never run a business, it's tough because you're doing things you don't even know you need to do. And you're not doing your business of your business, you're running a business. And unless you've done it, you don't have the skills. You don't know what you don't know. So it can be very difficult to do. And there's there's some, some pride in the fact that you can create an idea and build a business around it because that's not easy. And many people just don't have the guts to do it because, you know, you, it's it's risky. And especially before COVID, 75 plus percent of small business startups don't make it long term throw the COVID impact and we're up to 90 plus percent. So it can be, and it can be devastating when a business doesn't work physically, financially, emotionally, relationships. So it, it's tough. I, I respect anybody who goes into business and succeeds. Man, you touched on so many things right there. Uh, number one, the idea of you could be good at something, but that doesn't mean you'd be good at running a business that does Correct. that something, right? Correct. That's the first thing that many people who get started find out the hard way and then don't even know how to wrap their heads around, okay, so what does it mean to be in business regardless mm -hmm. of the business you're doing? Correct. Right? Yep. Uh, Hiring, that... <laughs> management, sales and marketing, accounting, all the legal stuff. You know, we worked with a, a client that was in business 35 years, woman-owned business. 
she went through a program where we actually helped coach her on running a business. And she said, I didn't even know what I didn't know. And I've had a business for 35 years. Whoa. <laughs> By the seat of their pants. Somehow yes, they made yes, it every month. Succeeded despite themselves. And that is something to be said there too. Uh, and uh, for, for me, I, I want to take this time to allow Jason to interject because I feel like there's so many things that you said that just speak to some of the, the way Jason sees businesses and helping businesses, but also, you know, his own military background and also running multiple businesses at the same time. You guys have a lot of crossover there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. That's the most important thing. I love having other veterans on the show. That's really important to me. Um, that's the war. Especially room Army. Was, was, yeah, especially go Army, <laughs> beat Navy. Right, there you go. Yep. <laughs> A good friend of mine, he uh, he runs Authentically American. Oh, yeah, and, I know him. Uh, do you know him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He runs it. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome because he has this Dean. Yeah. Yep. Dean, Dean Wagner. And he has this shirt. It says, go Army. And when you sweat, <laughs> the, the, the words beat Navy appear when you sweat. They do. They do. <laughs> a, he, he does a, a really good job of promoting his yeah. company. So I've, I've talked to him quite a few times and he he's a great guy. West Point guy, if I remember. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. West Point. And he was an officer. Yeah. But uh, we don't hold that against them, though. Right. Nah, we won't hold it <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, here here's what's really interesting that I've seen over. Um, you know, I, I have 12 companies now I've had, you know, probably over my business career, I've probably had about 20 probably because yeah. yeah. I used to buy flip strip, do all that kind of stuff. But, mm -hmm. but, uh, the one thing I've noticed about like working with business owners, even if they're very, very experienced <clears throat> business owners is oftentimes I'll take construction for, it's a perfect example, right? Sure. You know, a lot of general contractors are really, really good at, they're good at doing the thing, mm -hmm. but they're really bad at running the business itself. Yes. Right? Horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in the back of the garage paying out hundred dollar bills to their crew and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And that's why I always say, if, if you're the more integrator type, be the integrator, right? Yes. Be the integrator and bring somebody in to be the visionary. Absolutely. Because you even take that company you were talking about that was 35 years in, right? Mm -hmm. Successful company. But what would have it been if they Correct. would have started differently? Mm-hmm. For sure. And did it and did not necessarily did it right, but did it better mm -hmm. through the years. So yeah. it, it's an interesting dynamic. And oftentimes a lot of really successful business owners, they, they wear that chip on their shoulder or they can't clock in their ego at the door um, and go, look, I need somebody to come in and look from 20,000 feet here and mm -hmm. tell me. What are my blind spots? What am I missing? Absolutely. Right? We all need that. Every Absolutely. business owner needs that. Somebody and, to just come in and do that. Yeah. To your point, th there's three categories of, of people you need in your business. The visionary, 
that has the ideas, the entrepreneur, the one that does yeah. that, the driver. But you need the integrator because somebody's got to take that idea and make it a real business. Mm-hmm. And typically, visionaries aren't detail-oriented. They're not really good with people. Um, <laughs> I, I, my, first, <laughs> my first boss in the PI business was a great training because he could screw up in 30 seconds something and take me three months to fix with people because he wasn't good, but he was a great visionary. And he needed to have somebody who took his idea and made it a business and know how to treat people. Then you need the worker bees. And if you don't have all three, if you, or you're not all three, you better get the other two. <laughs> no, man, this is uh, this is something that I learned. I think in the last couple of years that just because you're a founder doesn't mean you have to be the CEO. No. You might be better as a CMO. Yeah, like for me, I think if I were to fall into a, a joint venture, I think I'd make more sense in the human resources, like people department, making mm-hmm. sure because I can take time to understand their ambitions and where they're at and, you know, hear them out and help them feel at ease while we're communicating things or why decisions are being made the way, the way they're being made while somebody else takes care of all the other things that literally makes my eyes go cross-eyed when I start looking at like legal forms and what's going on. And uh, I know know it's important but yeah. it's also important to me not to focus on those important things <laughs> no no are you guys familiar with the disc profile yeah, oh, yeah. great yeah. tool i discovered it many years ago in business and thought what a perfect tool to find the right people for the right task just based on the profiles yeah no, that, that's a great tool to identify you don't stick somebody who's a sales guy into a detailed uh you know role because they're not good at it or you don't take a d type and try to make them a people person. <laughs> I'm, I was, I'm, my my chart was crazy. It was like all I and everything oh, yeah. else. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but with that said, uh, I, I want to know more about DSDC Pro. Can you tell okay. me what's going on with that? Like, so we understood Certainly. that you got you you got that start there. But how did you get here? So uh, after thirty some years being a serial entrepreneur, you know, starting operating funding and selling businesses, about eight years ago, I transitioned out of my last small business and decided to take my background and experience as a small business guy for many years. And I bought a business coaching franchise company called Advocoach, so that I had access to the great tools and resources they had that I wish I had had all those years, and combined with a national network of coaches. So I decided to take that experience, give back, help small business survive and thrive by benefiting from my experience and the tools and resources. So as I started working in that new role in January, 2015 and looking for the right niche, because AdvoCoach is really broad and deep, kind of sweet spot is half million to a couple hundred million in size in terms of the companies we help, but that's very broad. So I was looking for the right niche and I discovered supplier diversity, which I didn't know existed until then and realized that military veterans were the latest entrant into this thing called supplier diversity. So in the government space, starting 50 years ago, um, minority-owned businesses were given advantages in the government space, set-asides and things like that. That then expanded to women, to the LGBT community, to disabled-owned businesses. Veterans got the opportunity to become part of supplier diversity in 1999 after the second Gulf War. Now, as a veteran, we've been around since the late 1700s. Why did it take till 1999 before we we had some of the same opportunities, the other groups, but (laughs) despite that. So that was when veterans first came into this. The problem for us working in corporate America 
And corporate America is required to support those same diverse businesses if they do business with the federal government. But also corporation discovered if we do, if we support diverse owned suppliers who happen to be also our customers, they are more loyal, customers will be more profitable. So corporations have really bought into this and they have required spending goals. So in order to work in the private sector space as a diverse business, you have to be certified every year as legitimately owned, operating, controlled by whatever your diverse status is. So for veterans, we didn't get our act together until 2014 to form that nonprofit, non-governmental certifying body that corporations required. So as I discovered supplier diversity, the doors were just starting to open up for military veterans because we now finally had the certification corporations required. So I said, this sounds interesting. It's a brand new opportunity veterans never had. I'm a veteran business guy. What a perfect fit. And it's a new $80 billion a year opportunity we as veterans have never had. So I thought this is where I'm meant to be. So I've spent the last seven years building a business coaching company around educating veterans about this brave new world. If you're selling something to the government, unless it's strictly defense related, missiles, bombs, bullets, chances are private sector buys it. Your target market is not 50 government agencies, it's the Fortune 5000. Corporations are spending 10 to 30% of all their procurement dollars supporting diverse businesses. Government spends 3 to 5%. You also don't have the same level of bureaucracy and red tape you're going to find in the government. And the last data point is there's about 16,000 veteran-owned companies certified in fighting over government work. We got about 600 nationally across all industries that are currently private sector. So you're competing with about 96% fewer veterans going after a much larger pool of money which many, with many more corporations. So that is the area that we focus. And then four years ago, I decided to combine my business coaching to create an entity because I discovered what I was doing to help veterans pivot to the, uh, the private sector. What we were doing as a business was the same whether you were a woman, minority, LGBT, disabled, if you're new to this industry, what we do as a business helps you. So we rebrand as Diverse Supplier Development Corp. Now, in this journey, um, I also started working for the Veteran Nonprofit Certifying Body, which is called the National Veteran Business Development Council. That was the group that opened the doors for us that removed that barrier. They're based in Detroit. Uh, their founding sponsors were Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Kellogg's. So they had a pretty impressive list of initial corporations who wanted to support them. So about five and a half years ago, I also started working for them and reaching out to corporations on a daily basis to educate them about veterans as great suppliers. And of the five categories of diverse uh, suppliers, <laughs> veterans are the only one where our diverse status makes us great business owners. So just because you're a woman or a minority LGBTQ doesn't mean you're a great business owner. You may be, but it isn't that nature. But with military service and all the training and discipline, find a way, make a way, all that. In fact, the SBA says veterans are 45% more likely to own and operate a business. Look at Jason and I. <laughs> Together, we've got 30 different businesses. So, <laughs> so I reach out to corporations daily to educate them about veterans as great suppliers. I also talk to them about the nonprofit I'm part of. So I've got that nonprofit halo that allows me to open the doors to these corporations. And then um, because I work for the nonprofit, the other aspect of my job is getting veterans convinced to pivot and get certified. So again, we've got 16,000 in the government. 
we need 4,000 or 10,000 in the private sector, we've got 600. So I've got a big challenge to get more veterans to do that. Now, Jason, you may disagree, but I doubt it. <laughs> We're a cynical, skeptical group. So as I was reaching out For to sure. veterans to say, look, here's an $80 billion new opportunity. You got a business, you think about it. Kept getting pushback. Oh, it's not a real opportunity. Corporations aren't serious. So about four years ago, I started asking the corporations I was dealing with to say, help me convince veterans that you're serious. So if you have a procurement opportunity for which you want our help for free to find veterans and do what it is you want, all you have to do is shoot me an email, tell me what you're looking for, where you're looking for it, when, and I will then find veterans that do what you want, and I'll bring them to you. So we call those going downstream. We're up to about 850 different opportunities we've worked on with 50 plus corporations who've come to us proactively to say, hey, we've got this great opportunity. Can you help us find vets? So currently I'm working on five opportunities with American Family Insurance for media publishers, video production companies, staffing. Um, I just completed two different projects for a general contractor called Swinerton in California. And I reach out to 200 veteran subcontractors and introduce them to Swinerton for these projects that Swinerton want veteran subs. So 850 times, 50 plus corporations come to us and say, hey, we'd like your help. So Boeing and Medtron, Capital One alone has given us over 70 procurement opportunities seeking vets. So that's what we've developed. And then the flip side, how we make money is companies actually hire us to be their coaching guide to educate them about the space, determine if it's a fit, if they're not certified, get them certified. And then we work with them to create a very proactive, strategic, tactical marketing plan to say, okay, based on what you do, where you do it, how you do it, where in the corporate world are you a fit? Are you large enough to deal directly with the Fortune 500, the Walmarts, the Disney's, the Best Buy's, the Medtronic's of the world? And, or are you a subcontractor? to a prime contractor that the corporations hire because corporations drive their spending goals down through their supply chain. I met a 10-person low-voltage electrician in Columbus, Ohio, working on Facebook's million-square-foot data center because Facebook hired Turner Construction to build it. They said, Turner, we have spending goals. Guess what? So do you. They hired Hunt Electric to do the electric. Hunt hired this local veteran-owned company who's working on this massive facility. So we look at the Fortune 5000 play for our clients, but we don't leave it there because we know paydays today, right? And we need lower hanging fruit. So we work with veterans and say, look, we need to do a better job of working together with each other. We've got a base level trust with each other. We want to help our brother and sister in arms. So can we partner you with other veteran companies to increase your scope and scale, strategic partnerships, teaming, and can we be customers and suppliers to each other? So I'm working with uh, two Navy guys, one of which is within the Navy 42 years. They do cybersecurity. So I'm doing a daily outreach to 50 veterans at a time who have 50 employees or more and introducing our client as a potential cybersecurity vendor to them. So vets working with vets. So we really develop a very holistic plan to say, let's go after Fortune 500, Fortune 5000. Let's put you with other veterans and let's put you with other veterans as potential customers and suppliers. So that's my story. Oh boy, you and I got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, Holy sir. Crap. 
<laughs> I was going to say, uh, there, I, I've seen everyone there. that's come through this show, and uh, there yeah. has never been someone more qualified to be speaking with Jason yeah. about doing great things for the world, man. My God, there is not enough time on this show to have the rest of that discussion. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and honestly, it, it really is great to hear about somebody who was able to mix uh, purpose with profit. You know, yes. it, it's it's rare. It really is. And when someone can find it, you got to hold on to it like the gold that it really is. And it's liquid gold. So it's constantly, you know, you got to keep gripping, man. And I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing and for the way you also broke it down so that people understand. I mean, this is a perfect example of no business is an island, right? Mm -hmm. There is just this entire funnel, uh, this entire structure that lives and it's ready to serve. It's ready to to create opportunity. And so when people say, oh, I just can't find the opportunities, you're just not looking hard you're enough. Just <laughs> not looking. Just not looking. And, and you know what really drives me too is because it is a new opportunity for veterans. Uh, and we have so few. And when I started working in this space for the nonprofit, I talked to Walgreens. Said, how many um, diverse suppliers do you have in your, your database? He said, well, we've got about 23,000 women and minority-owned businesses. I said, do you have any veterans? Yeah, we've, we've got 12. I said, 12? Target, and I'm based in Minneapolis. When I started working with them, they have three veterans in their supply chain. For some reason, I think that's wrong, especially because we make some great suppliers. I think the largest veteran company we've certified to date is over $2 billion a year. So there's some great wow. veteran business out there who could be great suppliers in the Fortune 500. They just need to know about it and get in the space and be professionally persistent and develop the relationship and show them what a great job we can do. Man, I'm just a big fan. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. And uh, I hope you don't mind someone else I'm a big fan of. is, As you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, this show is literally supported by actual business owners. And I believe nice. after having spoken with you that we'll be having more of those be veterans as well. And that, that'll be super cool. And one of our bigger supporters that literally makes this show possible in particular, this episode, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about uh, scale with social selling. Uh, Please do. Uh, uh, see, if you've ever looked at your sales calendar and thought to yourself, well, like, wow, business would be a lot better if this calendar was filled with perfect prospects, which is all of us business owners, of then of course it'd be better. And of course you'd be more profitable. But the thing is that social scale with social selling isn't actually going to let you keep that as a wish anymore. If you are struggling and feeling like, I wish, I wish, I wish you can just go to try scale with social selling system.com. And that's try.scale with social selling system.com to find out why the prospecting system is exactly what your business needs to scale to the next level. And when you book your free scale session with their team, uh, you can let them know that the war room podcast sent you because we are working together and uh, they'll go ahead and increase your minimum booked call guarantee by an extra 20%. That's right. They said guarantee. So you should, you should keep that in mind and hold them to it, but also let them know that uh, we sent you. And uh, thank you so much, Scale with Social Selling, for supporting us and making this episode possible. Now, with that said, man, Paul, what, when when we reflect on what you just broke down and the time you took to articulate it the way you did, and I think back to how this conversation started with uh, you in that van <laughs> doing private investigation, uh, you investigated the hell out of the opportunities that are available there for veterans, man. And 
now you're in a place where you're truly giving back in a way that's impacting uh, a group that uh, I personally, may, while I may not have any military experience, have seen. I've been in rooms with people who have paid the costs and sit there with PTSD and, you know, struggle with reassimilating into society. And yet somehow, even with all that on top of them, on top of their shoulders and in their hearts and minds, they still get up every day and run a business and take care of their families and everything they can to be upstanding citizens and and never gloat. I've never met a vet who's ever gloated and tried to brag about it. So to know that you're out there helping them get business opportunities, that's what business is about, man. People helping people, being more useful to more people. So for me, I'm just, you've earned a fan in me. Uh, And before I keep going, I want to let Jason interject and speak to some of the things that you've talked about. Very good. Thank you, Philip. Yeah. The, well, it comes down to this at the end of the day as you know, like Philip said, biz- business doesn't have to be an island, right? It doesn't have to be. And if we create community, uh, community around all of that, it never has to be an island. And <clears throat> that's the beautiful thing with, <clears throat> like, I've I have like intentionally done that with everything in business. Is mm-hmm. I always create a community around it. That way you never feel like you're alone. And the, the veteran community is, it's a wonderful community, but it's also a community that gets taken advantage of a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why? Because we're good people and we just expect everybody else to be that way. Exactly. Right? Very to true. have loyalty, honor, duty, respect, all these things, right? We expect, we expect you know, other people running businesses to have those same, uh, you know, ethical practices as we do. And that's not always the case. It is, which is why it's a big part of our work with our clients is let's partner with you uh, with fellow veterans. You've got that base level trust type of thing so that you can help each other out in any small business. You shouldn't be an island. There are other businesses out there you can partner with. We're, we're all too small to have all the things we need to succeed. But if we partner with others and cross-sell each other, that's great. And especially with veterans with that base trust level. So we do a lot of hard work making sure that veterans know about other veterans so we can work with each other and help support each other. Right. It's a, it's a great model. I love it. And, you know, definitely want to pop on that train with you. Yeah. Because... When there's uh, anything veteran oriented, I love being a part of it for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's related to business. And, you know, that's, that's a frustrating thing. There's $80 billion out there waiting for us. Why are we struggling to get more than mm. 600 companies to get involved? Uh, and we're making progress. So we had a webinar yesterday. We had over 100 companies sign up and it was all about pivoting to the private sector. And mm-hmm. what the opportunities are and why you really need to think about it. And I bet half of the veterans we talked about don't know there's a private sector play. They don't know about the opportunities there and they need to. Yep. No, I think it's I think it's great, man. Uh I, I can think of maybe only once ever in my own uh uh previous work as I was coming up of uh someone literally hired me to help them launch their podcast because it was part of their uh 
their SDGs with the UN as a major corporation to help uh, a diverse, uh, diversify entrepreneurship, right? And I just yeah. remember thinking to myself, I literally only got this opportunity because, uh, I mean, I'm half Latino and they saw that and they said, well, there it is, diverse supplier, right? Like someone, <laughs> and I just remember thinking to myself, I don't, I, I don't know how to feel about it, but also there's opportunity waiting to happen for you right there, right? There's literally money being set aside, like you said, specifically for what you're doing. And if you don't go out of your way to find it and you don't go out of your way to partner with people who are making sure that that capital is being put to good use, yeah. which is like, come on, like, you know, then what are you, what are you complaining for? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and when the top 20 companies in the world, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Walmart, just 28 alone are spending $113 billion a year supporting diverse businesses. Wow. And the targets, the Fortune 5,000, it's, it's trillions of dollars uh, that the corporations are spending. And because of social justice cause movement, because of COVID, corporations are increasing their spend by 54%. And 30% of corporations are setting up supplier diversity programs that never had them. So there's never been a better time, especially for vets, because we're so new in it, to, if you're a diverse owned business, to really check that out and take advantage of it. Because corporations are looking for you. And only 2% of all diverse owned businesses are private sector certified. So 98% of businesses out there that could work in this space aren't because nobody's educated them or they didn't see the value of it. So that's the other aspect. Wow, man. Okay. Like Jason said, there is not enough time in this episode <laughs> to actually get into everything, but I can see, I can see why you got started in private investigations as well, because it, the way you categorize information and it stays with you, it makes sense, man. Uh, sure. So in, what I'd like to know, it's something that we ask on the show explicitly, because if you haven't picked up the gold yet, here it is, right? If <laughs> Paul, if you could go back to the guy who was sitting in that van, knowing what you know now about business and everything, what would you say to them? Uh, a couple of the businesses I went to, I would say, don't do it. <laughs> 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 Hindsight is great. Oh, yeah, there's, there's quite a few of those that I'd say that's oh, yeah. a no-go. <laughs> look good at the time, but you, you know, you make your best decision with what you know at the time. Right. And especially when you're involved with other people, you try to do your best and, you know, business relationships are even tougher than personal because your life and your, your well-being and your financial well-being are, are tied to it as well. And when you throw money in the mix, that's where people get a little, a little strange. Mm. So be, be, be more thoughtful and go in eyes wide open conventional wisdom. It's going to take you twice as long, cost you twice as much. <laughs> man kinda like kind of like getting your house uh remodeled <laughs> plan, yeah. on, plan on oh yeah two or three times the cost and two or three times the length of time they tell you <laughs> we'll be out there sometime this year <laughs> <laughs> oh man no thank you for for taking the time to break that down again explicitly if you didn't get anything from before you've got some wisdom there now uh, with that said, though, uh, I plan to move over to the grand finale. So before I do, I want to check in with Jason one more time. All right. I got the OK. Let's do it. So, Paul, after everything we covered, if you could have invited anybody to sit here and listen in on the conversation we had today, who would you have chosen and why them? So probably my dad, um, because he passed away before I moved to this next chapter and he was an Air Force vet. 
too, mm. which is how I wound up in the service because one of five and he went in the military out of high school as well. So it's a great experience, get great training, chance to grow up and mature and figure out what you want to do. So I think uh, to see that I've been working in the veteran space, I think that would be something he'd really appreciate. Man. Yeah. Big shout out to pops. Yeah. I mean, look at what you're doing, man. It's just, God, I can't wait to see what you and Jason do together from this and to follow your journey too, man. I plan to stay connected with you. Uh, with that said, I'm going to let Jason roll us out as is tradition here. And he always closes us out, but man, thank you for everything. Thanks, Philip. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. I see big things for sure. Um, and I don't let big things pass me by. Good. So you're an entrepreneur. So, uh, I am. I don't <laughs> let big things pass me by. So you and I are going to definitely be talking very soon um, about uh, what possibilities, because that's the fun part, right? It it's is like explore the possibilities and they're always endless. It just always comes down to finding the, 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 the top two or three, right? Because yep. it's easy to go, oh my God, we got all these ideas and all oh, this yeah, stuff, chase right? the next shiny and penny, chase right? Chase the next shiny penny, right? Yeah. But, but when you can call it down to one or two things, that's where the magic happens. So it, it I, does. Uh, I look forward to, to having that conversation with you for sure. But, but uh, other than that, thank you for taking the time to be here. Um, we all have the same amount of hours every week. And you took a little bit of time to come spend with us. And that's uh, that's pretty cool. And you dropped some good knowledge bombs on our audience. And uh, I hope they got them. Absolutely. There was a lot of them. Yeah. And so, any veteran business out there that's looking for opportunities to grow, if you're and you've got a commercial product and service, if you're not checking out the private sector space, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. So, you know, yeah. Encourage right. them to check that out because it's just waiting there. We just simply don't have enough vets getting in this space. So yeah, for sure. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of us uh, at info at dsdcpro.com, and that's the acronym Diverse Supplier Development Corp. So that's a primary email address that we use, or check out our uh, D- Diverse Supplier Development website, which is dsdcpro.com. Awesome. Veterans, got to give them a call. Give Paul a call. Have the conversation. Uh, You're missing out if you're not. And if nothing else, on our website, we have a thing called Opportunity Alerts. It's free. You sign up. And anytime a corporation comes to us with any procurement need, you'll get an email from us letting you know who's looking for what. And if you're a fit, gives you a chance to throw your hat in the ring. Awesome. So if we never do anything else, but you want to be in touch, what's going on and who's looking for you, all you have to do is sign up there. Man, that's amazing. You're doing great work. You're doing yeah. great work, brother. Keep on right. rolling. That's Trying all I'm to do say. it. We, we appreciate the opportunity to get the word out. So thanks, Jason and Philip. Awesome. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.